Hey, this is Ashley. Hey, this is Marcy. And this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I'm talking about desperation. That's right. I know it feels like an awkward thing to talk about uh, on a podcast about life and love. But what I find is that too often uh, women in particular, particularly high achieving women, find themselves waiting and um, getting to the point of desperation before they uh, ever sort of do the really hard and challenging work to advance their career. Um, I I think maybe it's because that gratitude thing that keeps us stuck, right? (laughs) Uh, We are, you know, really, we're operating from a space of gratitude. We want to show up as very grateful, uh, which is a good thing, right? As we should. Um, But sometimes that gratitude has us staying in situations longer than we should and has us waiting to the point of desperation before we take any meaningful action on advancing our career. And whether that meaningful action is you positioning yourself for a raise or promotion or you Um, starting to job search and secure new employment or transitioning to a new industry or functional area because you're burnt out on the one that you're in. Whatever that transition looks like, too often we're waiting to the point of desperation. We're waiting till we run out of money, until we uh, literally hate our boss, until some magical right time that is likely never going to come before we take any meaningful action. And what I invite you to do today is to get rid of the idea that you have to literally wait until you are desperate. You are hanging on by a thread before you take action. It's okay to leave a job when things are actually going good, but you know you want to make 15K more than you're making right now. It's okay to leave a job when you actually have a pretty decent relationship with your boss, but you know you don't see them as an advocate and a mentor, and that's what you need at this stage in your career. It's okay to transition to a new industry at midlife. Uh, Things are not over for you at 40, right? And it's okay to know that you want to move from education to nonprofit or from the nonprofit space to the corporate space after the age of 45 or whatever that is, right? And so I don't want you to wait until you literally get desperate to make the meaningful move and and take meaningful action to advance your career. If you feel like you've been waiting to the point of desperation and you want to move away from that pattern of thinking, um, then let's hop on a call this week so that we can talk about how to make moves and be strategic and intentional about your career development now before you get to the point of desperation. You can schedule your mentor moment at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. Just click uh, let me mentor you and you'll be able to get access to my calendar to schedule your mentor moment. I cannot wait to mentor you. So, and I digress this week, we are talking quirks, the oddities and the little things that make everything special. If you've ever watched your parents move through uh, the day and wonder why they do that little thing with their leg or why your partner always bites their bottom lip when they're frustrated, these are the quirks that we're going to talk about this week. Quirks make us who they are, uh, makes us who we are and helps us differentiate and celebrate others. So listen as Marcy and I talk about our quirks and those of the people we love. So let's start with us, Marcy. Um, I would say I have a couple of quirks, some less annoying than others. Um, but one of like my quirks is that I notoriously leave cabinets and drawers open all around the house, everywhere I go. There's always a trail of open cabinets and drawers that I leave behind. It is dangerous (laughs) for 
anybody that lives with me, and I promise it's not because I, like, I'm dirty and filthy and lazy. It's because I, in my mind, live in a world where there are soft clothes, drawers, and cabinets, and they do that on their own, but it's only in my mind because it doesn't actually exist in my house. <laughs> and so there is always a cabinet or a drawer open somewhere uh, for, like, with, you know, with my name on it. Luckily, um, in my current relationship, my boyfriend just literally, like, goes behind me and close, like, closes all the cabinets and drawers. Like literally, I can just see him like hovering behind me, like waiting to close it. And it's so funny. And I asked him about it one time. Um, you know, like uh, I don't know, you have these little card games um and you're like in, you know, for like relationships where it's like, what's the most annoying thing I do? And he talked about it. And I said, you know, why don't you ever say anything? Like I can remember in past relationships having big blow-ups about it, right? And he's like, you know, I just pick and choose my battles, you know, it just seems like I, I know that you don't do it like out of malice or just like laziness. You don't even know, like you have no cognizant like realization that you're doing it and it's just so much easier for me to just like go behind you and do it I don't even like want to say anything to you about it um and I thought like how nice of him like that's so sweet and it made me feel it made me a little self-conscious kind of like hey Ashley you're trash like how you, you know how it like you have to do that like clean up behind you but I also like it made me feel like really like honored that like he like you know he's like I'm not even gonna like say anything to you about this like this would be too much um so that made me feel kind of special I think another quirk that I um that is like particular about me is that I, I am um I am like notorious for like thinking the best in people and kind of like um being like optimistic about how things are gonna go um but I have a terrible memory so that is that results in like oh I'm sure like you know like I'm sure it'll be fine like I think if we just approach them in earnest and you express them a vulnerability like I'm sure it'll be challenging and then somebody's like well Ashley you don't remember when they did this 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 and this and I'm like oh mm, yeah I see why you don't want to have that you know that conversation or whatever I my my memory is like trash and it's not because like I like gloss over hurtful things I think it's just don't like don't much stick with me for too long like I, I don't hang I don't get hung up on things um for too long I guess <clears throat> and so I and because I like approach things from a place of like optimism and like general and mutual like goodwill um like people can peg me for that like they'll be like oh well you know Ashley probably just tell you to like have the conversation, which I will, but sometimes I don't take into account like the history of the relationship, which makes some of those challenges, those challenging conversations even more challenging. So that's definitely a top two quirk of mine. So what about you, Marcy? What are your top two or three quirks that people can peg you on? I don't know that people necessarily notice my quirks because I think that some of them are pretty like just private for me. So like one of them is um, I'm a pen snob. And so I'm really like, I have to have the perfect pen that just feels so smooth when it glides across the paper because I love writing in my journal. And so I needed the pen to be on point, no pun intended. Um, and that's just like really important to me. So I will spend money on pens just because I get so much pleasure out of writing and I need my pens to um, 
step up to the challenge. So I just recently honestly stepped into gel pens. I've generally not been a gel pen pen girl because I don't like that they can smudge and ruin my paper. But now I found some that actually don't smudge. They're really good. They've stepped their games up in terms of gel pens and I have colors and all of that. So that is one quirk that I don't know that people necessarily know about me. But also a big thing for me is that people have to give me my pens back. Like, <laughs> I am very particular about people not borrowing my pens because you can't keep it. Like, you have to give it back to me. So now we're in a place where with COVID, you're getting all these pens from people um, and they don't want them back. So it's just like, oh, you can have this pen. I'm like, oh, this is so nice of you, but don't take my pen. Thank you. Um, so that's definitely one. The other thing, um, one other thing is that I tend to have a certain order of things that I kind of like not compulsively or obsessively have to do things in order. But for example, every morning I have three devotionals that I read. Um, one of them is like a scripture journal. And then I have another little one and then another one. And I do them in a certain order. So I have to do the scripture journal first and then go to the next one, and then go to the next one before I can be done. And I don't like to do them out of order. And so that is a random, like, it's so random bad notice. It's just like, huh, cannot um, not do this out of order. And then the other thing is like, picking at things, um, mostly on my body. So like, if I have a hangnail, and typically, you're probably not supposed to pull those things off. But I'm like, if I have it and I know it's there, I can't stop. Like, I have to pick at it until it's done, until I've completed it. So, <laughs> so it's all random. But um, but yeah, I don't know that people really pay attention to that because those are mostly just like personal little things that I have. Um, but one of the things that I noticed that other people do a lot is like shaking their leg. Like they're bouncing their knees. Like... <laughs> And my best friend does it and she like shakes the whole room when she does it. It's not just like a subtle thing. And I'm always like, what? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Girl, do we need to get you some Xanax? Because honey, you are about to tear some stuff up with this leg. Um, or even just like tapping things. And I think that I noticed this so much with other people because like the movement and the sound irks me. And so I'll notice it and I'm like, it's fine. Um, but like tapping their legs, tapping pins on things, I think are common ones that I notice with people. Um, another one that I try to be cognizant of that I hear other people, and I'm sure that I do it sometimes, is saying like in between every other word. And I know that that can be like a filler. See, I just did it, right? I know that can be a filler <laughs> in a lot of conversations, but I do tend to pick up on people saying that often um, for some reason. So yeah. What are some of the most common quirks that you notice in others? Oh my gosh, the shaking of the leg when you sit down or whatever. Like that stuff drives me crazy. I'm like, can you be still? <laughs> if you don't, you know what I'm saying? And I know it's a quirk. I know they don't even know they're doing it. They have no like recollection that they're doing it, but it does drive me crazy. Uh, I have a friend, shout out to Evan. He rolls his ankles when he sits down. So he just sits and he just rolls his ankle and he roll. And it's the oddest thing I've ever seen. And his leg will be like in midair, like, yeah, and like I was saying, I'm like, do you understand that your leg is in the air? Like, but he says that his mom does it and she gets it from her and she does it. And it's not like, again, it's not conscious. He has no idea that his leg is in midair and he's just rolling his ankle around. It's the oddest thing. My boyfriend taps his fork on the plate when he's eating. So it's like, 
Like, can you just pick the chicken up with the fork and put it in your mouth? You got to be like, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> ah, if, like if he's eating cereal or ice cream, he'll do it with the spoon on the side of the, um, he'll do it with the spoon on the side of the, the like, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, is this a musical performance all in addition to the meal? Like what is happening? Why is there sound? Um, so that drives me absolutely nuts. So this is one like you, Marcy, with the light. This is something that I do and I hate that I do it, but I hate it more when other people do it. Reiteration. Say whatever you're going to say and then stop talking. People be like, yeah, so da, 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 da. and like I was saying, in summary, I would just like to say that da, da, da. I'm like, well, you already said it. You summarized because you said it. You don't have to say nothing else. Be quiet. Stop talking. I just reiteration and re um like re saying things that you've already said drives me crazy. And I do it and I get it because you sometimes right, you don't feel heard. You don't know if you really put the point on it. So you want to say it again, but oh, uh, it's a quirk that drives me crazy. But I do think that it's important to recognize and celebrate quirks because I think that part of it is like that, like familiar, familiar, like rubbing and teasing that you can do with somebody because you like are so intimate with them that you know things that they either even don't even know or realize about themselves or that they don't think anybody else catches, but you catch, right? So like, you know, when Mr. Marcy is like, oh, like, here go your pin bag, because I know you're going to be like, you know, you like that familiar, like, you know, that makes you feel special and seen, right, and heard. Um, but also I think it's like, like important to like celebrate people's quirks, like, um, you know, for the person who their quirk is a road rage and they like drive through, you know, a city and they don't cuss nobody out. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, look at you. Like, you know, acting like a, a an adult in, you know, a, a familiar situation like traffic and not, you know, going nuts about it, right? Um, so I think, like, it's important to, like, celebrate those um, when they, like, hit a milestone or just, like, that familiarity when people feel seen and heard and, and celebrated, I think, makes people feel really special. Do you think that there are, like, how can we, like, recognize and celebrate uh, our own quirks and the quirks of other people? I think a part of it is just really embracing uniqueness and differences. I think that the thing that makes us wonderful as humans and diverse is that we have these quirks and we have these differences. And as long as they're not toxic and unhealthy, as long as you're not like people aren't tearing their legs off, walking around your house, leaving the cabinet doors open. It is, I think, just fun. Even with my best friend, when she's shaking her leg, it's a joke now. Like when we call it out, it's just funny and we laugh about it. Um, and so I think that just that celebration of saying, this is what makes you you. This is what makes you unique. Like I know whenever I'm around her, I'm going to get a little vibration and a little massage when I'm sitting on the couch. <laughs> and I'm more so uh, when I think about like, things that annoy me, I think that honoring my own quirks really gives me a lot of patience and grace and compassion for other people. And so at a in the beginning, when she used to do that, it used to drive me crazy. And now I'm just kind of like, girl, what is happening over here? Like, what is going on? So I think it kind of deepens the relationship and the intimacy with people when you can um, you can show compassion for yourself and, and grace for other people's quirks. And and I think that even in the midst of that, so showing that recognition, that compassion and celebrating it is also being able to point out 
like I said, what behaviors are unhealthy and what behaviors are healthy. And if some of your quirks, and I don't think that any of the ones that we've really talked about are like bad behavior um, or unhealthy, but if some of your quirks are things that like hurt other people or are harmful to yourself or feel like they're out of your control, I think that that is where it crosses over that line. And not so much by out of your control, I mean that you see it as a problem and you want to change it, but you feel like you can't. Um, those are kind of the things where I'm like, and that is where it, it steps over into that line of like bad behavior or something that maybe needs to be addressed or figured out what's going on because you want to make sure that even in your unconsciousness or your kind of, it comes as a habit or it just comes naturally, you still want to have a self-awareness around things and it not just be something completely out of your awareness, especially when it starts to impact and impede upon your ability to function in the life, so in your life. So that's what I think of when I think about the differences between like quirks and bad behavior is, is it something that you can be aware of, especially if it's impairing you in some kind of way? What do you think, Ashley? Like what's the difference between quirks and bad behavior? Yeah, bad is subjective. And so I think that one, like in addition to just being self-aware, um, I think additionally you can listen to the people around you and and get their feedback around like, hey, this is really hurtful to me or hey, this feels dismissive to me or hey, you tapping on your plate disturbs my peace, right? Like it doesn't have to be quote unquote bad or like evil in the world for it to be annoying or frustrating or challenging to the people around you and for you to maybe move from a quirk to something that I really need to kind of address because it upsets the people around me, especially if it's not central to who you are and how you show up in the world. And so I think that um, I would encourage people to listen to the people around them. If you're one of the, the, the phrases, my most hated phrases, and we've talked about this on the show before, is like, oh, I wasn't raised like that, or I don't do things like that. You 36 years from raising, so I just need you to just do things differently. You know, get you a, a licensed clinical psychologist, visit them once a week, work through it, and then be raised differently, right? Let them raise you. I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't deal with the like, I wasn't raised like that or I don't do things like that. And so I think that listening to the people who love you, listen to, to the people in your life, if you if your if your little quirk is showing up drunk to every single event, then maybe that's not a, a quirk. Maybe that's a, a alcoholism, right? And listening to people in your life who'd say that's damaging, hurtful, challenging for them, um, you know, can help you identify some em- empathy, right? Um, and to change uh, your behaviors and the way that you approach uh, things as well. So definitely something to think about. And I think that one of the ways that I do try to, like back to the celebration and recognition is like, I do try to spend enough time with the people I love, spend enough time with the people I care about so that I can like observe them, right? right? You don't always want to be talking. You don't always want to be telling and teaching and training. Sometimes you want to observe, you want to listen, you want to be a fly on the wall. This helps you recognize those special little things in people um, and celebrate them in really meaningful ways. Um, and like you said, Marcy, deepen those relationships because you know them on a super intimate level. So that's, I would encourage you to maybe slow down a bit, talk a little less um, so that you can recognize those things and then you can celebrate them. Or, you know, if it is starting to be harmful or hurtful, that you can share that feedback in earnest. Um, and invite them to to change or uh, change things um, and approach things differently. How do you think, Marcy, we can slow down a bit and recognize the little things in and about each other? 
I think definitely one of them is putting out distractions. So it's really difficult to slow down and recognize little things when you're always on your phone or when you're always watching TV or when you're always consumed with doing something else. And sometimes even talking can be a distraction. And so being able to just take pauses and take some, take moments without distractions, without all of the other things um, can really be helpful in recognizing those little things. And then I think another part is making sure that you're open to being seen um, because it's difficult to see things in other people if you're shut off and guarded from being up from allowing other people to see you. So making sure that like you're open and that you're in a space and have the capacity to be vulnerable and be seen so that you can know what it feels like for the other people to be seen and you can be recognizing those little things in other people. Yes, I, I love that um, as a strategy, like if you're if you're if all of your intimate and connection time is spent looking down at your phone, maybe you notice the quirks of the people in your IG stories, but you don't know the quirks of the people that sit next to you. Right. Uh, so I love that, like listening distractions. Um, good. That's so good. And I'm so glad that we had this conversation like when I first was thinking about this, I digress, like I was really just thinking about the quirks, but it really is more about like how to build deep and um, meaningful and intimate relationships, which is my jam and favorite thing to talk about. So I'm so glad that we had that. Uh, thanks, Marcy. Next up is All Black Everything. What do you have for us this week? So this week in All Black Everything, since we have not talked libations in such a long time, I just wanted to shout out the first and only Black-owned distillery to open in Kentucky. The Brow Brothers Distillery um, is in honor of their surname. And it is honestly one of the only Black-owned distilleries in the country, but definitely the first of its kind in the state of Kentucky. These are three brothers, Victor, Christian, and Bryson Yarbrough, and have, they've, um, they opened their doors for business earlier in January in Louisville. So if you are in Louisville, if you are close to Kentucky, I know Illinois is not too far away from Kentucky. So if y'all are within driving distance of the great state, I would definitely encourage you all to go and check it out. They look like they are just they're handsome and attractive men as well. So that's always a plus. But it looks like they are trying to do some really cool things. Um, they have a social media presence. They have the recipe on their website, Brow Brothers, B-R-O-U-G-H brothers.com. Um, they have multiple locations. And so definitely check them out. They're bourbon is sold in different stores. So they're all about doing all the things. So if you're interested in the distillery, if you're in the Kentucky area or making a visit, definitely check out the Brow Brothers. Yes, I um, haven't been to Kentucky in forever, but the next time I go and y'all have y'all vaccines, I'm going to do a distillery tour and I will make sure that they are included. That is truly all black everything. Um, so next up is Selfish Tip of the Week. Marcy, um, your videos have been popping. Um, you've been so much, uh, so very active on social. If you're not already following her there, uh, be sure to follow her. I'll let her share the tag so you can connect with her. Um, and I'm eager to hear your Selfish Tip of the Week. Yes, thank you. I've been, one of my things is to be consistent this year. So thank y'all for holding me accountable. Um, but for many of us last year, you know, we all shifted our work lives into a place of sitting in front of the computer all day. Most of us switched to remote work, all of our meetings, everything got switched over. So we've been hunched over our desks, 
Um, some of us made impromptu offices out of our dining room. And so we've been sitting in uncomfortable dining room chairs, just the whole thing. And as we are pretty much approaching a full year of pandemic life at this point, I just want to remind everyone to stay mobile and stay nimble so that our bodies are not feeling the impact of this pandemic as well. Um, so this week's selfish tip is to just be intentional about moving your body every hour. So if you're sitting down all day, make sure that if you sit for an hour, you're getting up and moving around for five to 10 minutes per hour of sitting. This week's episode, um, this week's session is a chair yoga class. And so it walks you through some different tips and stretches that you can use in your chair. The video is only about less than 15 minutes. And so you can either do that in between your um, hours, or you can lengthen it out if you want to. So just make sure that you're moving, you're rolling your neck, you're hunching your shoulders and relaxing them down so that your body can still continue to take care of you. And if you want more tips, definitely check out the YouTube channel, The Arts of Being Selfish. And we are on Instagram at B underscore self underscore ish. Thanks, Marcy. Whenever you talk about that, I'm always like, okay, let me step straight in my chair. Let me like roll my neck. Let me push my shoulders away from my ears. Uh, so I'll definitely be practicing some of that this week. Thanks so much for sharing. And last but certainly not least is TVT. And this week, um, I'm bringing back an oldie but a goodie. This week, we're talking Superstore, which um, is on NBC. Superstore is in its sixth season. And it chronicles the life and work of um, Superstore, Big Box store um, uh, uh, employees who work in what could be seen as like a Walmart um, in Missouri. So in St. Louis, Missouri. Love the show uh, because I worked in um, big box retail for many years um, in my career. Love that work. Uh, and also um, I'm from the greater St. Louis, Missouri area. And so a lot of the references really hit home. But on their recent, one of their more recent episodes, uh, so this is season six, episode five, hair care products. The episode was absolutely hilarious. Like one of the best episodes I feel like they've ever done. Um, it chronicled um, the company's commitment to ending systemic racism by um, cutting off the lock um, of black hair care products that they have it enclosed behind a case and really, um, you know, uh, you know, letting those hair care products free and available for shoppers to access. And of course, the black employees are like, okay, like, that's cute. But that's literally the least that you can do like that doesn't mean anything, right? Um, but you know, the, the, the organization, the corporation, all of the other staff members, the white staff members are so proud of themselves. Like, yes, this is a sign and pathway forward. And we are the MLK of the big box stores. I mean, they are like really patting themselves on the back. And so one of the black employees points out that like, yeah, that's cute, but there are so many other things that this organization really needs to do to address um, racism, discrimination, hate, and bias within our organization. And so He's then, of course, tasked to like come up with the the recommendations and poll all of the employees and bring them all together. Some black employees don't take it seriously. Some black employees, of course, have some good recommendations. There's a really great scene where he gets frustrated by the work and he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is stupid. And he passes it off to a black woman. She's like, oh, here we go. Having to save the day again. Da, 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 da. You know, like so it just it really is a really good like 28 minute microcosm of what it means and what it looks like to be a black employee in a pre 
um, predominantly white working environment and how it's how the challenges of navigating that even when your organization is quote unquote trying to do the right thing. So I would definitely encourage you to check it out. It is Superstore, it plays on NBC. It's um, season six, episode five, hair care products. Um, and of course you can catch it on Hulu um, if you wanna go back and watch. But Superstore is just great levity for me. I love it. I think it's hilarious. Um, and I, th I think it does a really good job of talking about social issues and ageism and sexism and immigrant issues in a way that I don't know if I've ever seen a show talk about that wasn't that was focused on like poor or marginalized people, right? Like anybody that is working um, in a big box store um, likely isn't making enough money, right? Like those jobs typically don't pay very well. And so to see um, people, um, you know, who were, you know, we go to Target and Walmart and to wherever, you know, Heb or wherever you go every day, but to see the lived experiences of the, you know, proposed employees, I think it's really powerful. So I definitely encourage you to check it out. And that is CVT this week. So that wraps up this week's episode of School on Life. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this is a great time for you to tell a friend about School on Life podcast. Uh, School on Life is a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. There's a new episode every Tuesday. Make sure you tell a friend, share the podcast with someone you love, and let them invite a little bit more life, love, or libations into their life. Thanks for watching. School's out. Class.